Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. This Sunday, we pause from our teaching series to celebrate Thanksgiving. We'll learn that even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we can give thanks. Thanks for joining us. I love those videos, and in a time when we're distanced, it is so good to see friendly faces and faces of members of our church family. And it's just, I could watch that over and over again. And it's a great reminder. Those videos are a great reminder that regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in, we can give thanks. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you all in this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. And as we enter this Thanksgiving week, if ever there was a year not to feel like giving thanks due to what's going on in our world, in our community, and in our lives. If ever there was a year where we look at our circumstances and not feel like giving thanks, 2020 might be that year. I want to share a meme with you that pretty much summarizes what the past 11 months have felt like. Right? No matter how much preparing we do, 2020 is like, I'm just going to find a way to stick it to you. It's just frustrating. 2020 has been the longest eight years of my life. And I think most of us are tired, worn out, anxious, frustrated, disappointed, sad, depressed, and we want this to be over. First, let's just name that. We can name that. We have permission to tell God that's how we're feeling. But let's not get stuck there. So this morning, I want to spend just a few minutes together in God's Word learning how we can give thanks regardless of our circumstances. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles or your devices to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, this little book towards the end of the New Testament. I I told the kids this all the time when I taught downstairs. It's okay to use the table of contents in your Bible. It is your best friend. There is no shame in using a table of contents. And so 1 Thessalonians is towards the back of the New Testament. Chapter 5, verses 16 to 18 is where we're going to be. And while you're finding your way there, just want to give you a little bit of information about 1 Thessalonians. It's a real place. Thessalonica is a real place. And we read in Acts 17 that Paul visited this town together with two other people named Silas and Timothy on his second missionary journey, and they started a church there. That was about the year 50. 50 AD, and now this letter is written about four or five years later to this fledgling church located in a town that would have been under Roman rule that demanded emperor worship, which always made circumstances difficult to follow King Jesus. So Paul Paul wrote this letter to a church in Thessalonica. We call this letter 1 Thessalonians. And he wanted to encourage these brothers and sisters in their faith and to remind them how to live the way of Jesus until Jesus returns. He does that for four chapters. And then in chapter 5, he gives some final instructions. And it's those final instructions that I want to talk about today. 
In chapter 5, if you look in your Bibles or your devices, verses 1 through 11, Paul reminds this church, he uses phrases like this, they're children of the light, they're children of the day, they do not belong to the darkness. And in verse 5, he draws this contrast and says, let us not be like the others. Let us live differently. He wants them to know how to live counterculturally. John Tyson, a pastor in New York City, calls people who live this way a creative minority. And he says this about this creative minority. I love this. This is a people not only called to believe the gospel in our hearts, but make the gospel visible through the quality of our lives. I want us to live that way, church. How do we make the gospel visible in the quality of our lives? And so as we enter Thanksgiving week, one way we can do that, and what I want to talk about today is the question, if you're following on your notes, how do we live as grateful people in difficult circumstances? How do we do that? Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Would you read this with me in the first grade box on your notes or on the screen? Full voice, wherever you find yourself. Let's read these words. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. These three commands all share several common characteristics. If you're following in your notes, they're all present tense, which means they're continuous action. They're all continuous action. It's not a one time and then we're done. It's continuous. And because they're all imperative verbs, they're meant to be commands, not suggestions. And they are habits that we can cultivate rather than tips for crisis management that we practice occasionally. And as you're looking at those commands, you might be thinking to yourself, those are confusing, maybe even impossible. But let's spend just a couple minutes looking at each of these three commands and hopefully learn how to live this out and how to live grateful lives regardless of our circumstances. The first command we see, if you're following in your notes, is always be joyful. Always be joyful. And for many people, this always be joyful is perplexing, right? Given life, life's hurts and pains, sorrows, it's easy to question how a person could possibly always be joyful. And if being joyful always means walking around all the time with a smile on our face and an upbeat bounce in our step, then we have a problem. Because neither Paul nor Jesus we're always happy. And this verse would contradict other places in the Bible that tell us to weep and mourn. So always be joyful does not mean, if you're following in your notes, it does not mean deny your feelings, put on a happy face, and never feel sad. It doesn't mean you can't say, this situation stinks. I'm sick of this. I'm struggling here, God. We have permission to say that. Webster's Dictionary defines joy as this. Webster says, joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. And listen, as followers of Jesus, if we live with that definition of joy, we are in big trouble because we cannot create that or manufacture it. 
I prefer the definition of joy given by Pastor Rick Warren. If you're following on your notes, he says this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. That is what joy is. And here's what that definition reveals. Joy is not an emotion or a feeling. Joy is a choice made by focusing on Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. It's like what we're doing together in this service. We don't rejoice in our external circumstances. We rejoice in the Lord. Our joy flows from what we know to be true about God, regardless of circumstances. It's a settled assurance. It's a quiet confidence. It's a determined choice. And that's why if you're following in your notes, joy is not something we work on right? We don't manufacture it because it's not a feeling. Joy is not something we work on. Joy is something we live in. We live into it. And that's because our joy is not generated from the outside, but from the inside out. We don't rejoice about our circumstances. We rejoice in the Lord, whether our circumstances are good or bad. So how do we practice that this Thanksgiving week? We focus on Jesus and remember who he is and what he's done for us, and we choose joy. I want to encourage you with one practical way to focus on Jesus as we move into Thanksgiving. Spend time with him. Spend time with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to become like Jesus, and what we'll see is that Jesus was always joyful. He had a settled assurance, a quiet confidence, and he made a determined choice to trust God. I wanna encourage you to spend time with Jesus this week in word and prayer. The second command we're given is, if you're following in your notes, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Other translations say pray without ceasing or pray continually. And here we go, here's another seemingly impossible command. How in the world are we to pray continually and disregard everything else going on in life. So let me ease your mind. That's not what Paul is saying. And we know that because Paul did not live this way. And again, neither did Jesus. So never stop praying. If you're following in your notes, here's what it does not mean. It doesn't mean a perpetual activity of kneeling in prayer. That's not what it means. What Paul is talking about here, if you're following in your notes, is a way of life marked by a continual attitude of prayer, a continual attitude of prayer. Author Paul Miller says this. I, I appreciate this quote so much. He says, prayer is the language of trusting in the Lord. Prayer is the language of trusting in the Lord. So never stop praying means living with a continual attitude of prayer. If you're following your notes, it's trusting in God with a spirit of dependence. This is how we go throughout our day in an attitude of prayer. I think I've learned more about this from Jeff than anyone else. He's taught so many times about the ability to do two things at once, right? We can, we can whistle while we work. 
We can chew gum and walk. We can do two things at one time. We can go throughout our normal, everyday activities with an attitude of prayer, trusting the Lord with a spirit of dependence. Now, this takes practice, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, but I have noticed that with practice, I have learned to go throughout my day with Jesus, asking him for guidance and wisdom and strength. And as I begin my day in God's word and in prayer, it aligns my perspective for the day, and it allows me to be more likely to live with an attitude of prayer, depending on him before a meeting, before a phone call, before going shopping, before interacting with my family. I can have an attitude of prayer. So how are we thankful regardless of our circumstances? We can go through each day with an attitude of prayer, trusting God with a spirit of dependence. I want to encourage you to practice that this week leading up to Thanksgiving. And I also want to say this, living with an attitude of prayer leads to living with more joy because our minds are focused on God throughout the entire day. We can do it. We can never stop praying. And the third command that Paul gives us, if you're following in your notes, is be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances. Again, another unusual command. Given how tough life is, how is this even possible to give thanks for everything? So let's start again with what this does not mean. If you're following in your notes, it does not mean give thanks for all circumstances. It doesn't. When we read the verse carefully, Paul says we are to give thanks in everything, not for everything. And when we pay attention to the word in, this command speaks more about our perspective toward life than it does about our attitude towards our circumstances. And so no matter what trials or tests or struggles occur in our lives, we are to give thanks. And this is only possible, listen, this is only possible with the resolute belief that God is overseeing every detail of our lives. If you're following in your notes, giving thanks in all circumstances is a practice in trusting God and his good character. It is a practice of trusting God, not our circumstances. This verse is important to me and my family. In eight days, we'll remember our twin daughters who would be eight years old this year. And I think about what they would be like and who they would look like and what they would play with, what it would be like to have girls in our house. And we chose this verse. It might be a little bit hard to see, but we chose this verse to be on their headstone to remind us that regardless of the circumstances, we can choose joy and we can give thanks because our thanks is not based on how we feel or our circumstances our thankfulness is based on the character of God. Listen, I'm not thankful that happened. I'm not thankful for that. But I can give thanks in circumstances like that because my thankfulness is a practice in trusting God and his good character, not the situation I find myself in in life. And what I've learned, this is really important, and you may be feeling this way this morning as you go into Thanksgiving. So 
what I've learned in these difficult times, and this is really important if you're following on your notes, we don't need to feel thankful before we give thanks. We don't need to feel it. By faith, we say, I trust you are good, God, and that you know what you're doing in this difficult situation, and I know you will work it out for my good. I trust you. It's a practice in trusting God and his good character. So would you read with me again our verse found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18 in the first gray box on your notes. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul concludes these three commands by saying, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Listen, we may have trouble discerning God's will in some areas of our lives. I'll give you that. I've experienced that. But being joyful, living with an attitude of prayer, and giving thanks are always God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And this is why it's so important that we learn how to be grateful in difficult circumstances, because it's God's will for our lives. It's one of the ways we grow in our faith and become more like Jesus. God's primary will for our lives is not the circumstances we inhabit. It's not. God's primary will for our lives is not the circumstances we inhabit. It's the person we become in those circumstances. So I don't know where you find yourself this Thanksgiving, but I can tell you with confidence that it is God's will for you. It is God's desire for your life that you would be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. It is possible, I want you to hear that, it is possible to give thanks to God regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Remember, Paul wrote this letter encouraging the Thessalonians to live counterculturally and living with joy, with an attitude of prayer, and with thanksgiving in the midst of a culture right now that is struggling with a lack of hope is a way to shine the light of Jesus for people to see. And I just wonder if we can practice that this week, what that might look like for our friends and family that we gather with. We can shine the light of Jesus by always being joyful, living with an attitude of prayer, and being able to give thanks regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. We don't just want to talk about this, we want to practice this. Our tradition here is to fill out a 100 things I'm thankful for list. And what this causes us to do is it moves us beyond the generic to the specific. So we're going to give you just a few moments as we close this service and then Chuck and the team are going to come back up and lead us in the tradition of singing thanks be to our God together. But before we sing those words and declare those words, we want to practice this. So we're going to give you about four minutes, and whether you are an individual in a home this morning or you're gathering as a family, would you take time to practice this? And if you don't have that list printed out in front of you, just take a scratch piece of paper and just start writing down some specifics that you're thankful for. So we wanna give you the next four minutes to practice giving thanks, regardless of the circumstances you find yourself in. 
Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information or to stay connected to Cherry Hills Church, please visit our website at cherryhillsfamily.org or follow us on Facebook.